In the past, a few of those predictions have proved amazingly accurate, whilst others couldn't have been more wrong. There's one back in 67 that I found that they predicted that by the turn of the century, technology would have taken over so much of the work that we do, the average working week would only be 22 hours long, and we'd only work for 27 weeks a year. As a result, one of our biggest problems would be deciding what to do with all our leisure time. Of course, most of you know I only work one hour a week anyway, but I'm sure for the rest of you, you are doing more than 22 hours a week and working more than 27 weeks in a year. In fact, most of us seem to be really busy. We're in a hurry. We walk fast, we talk fast, we eat fast, and after we eat, we get up and we say, excuse me, I've got to run. So here we are, first Sunday of 2017. I wonder how we will do this year. Will we be as busy? Will we make any better use of our time? In 364 days, when this year is over, will we be looking back with joy, looking back at the blessings that God has produced in our life, or will we be looking back with regret? How many famous people have passed away this year? So many, so many people. And... I'm sure you can tell me what this is. Can you tell me what this is? Yeah. It's not just any old rope, is it? What is it? I know it's following me, don't worry. Is it right? What does the rope signify? Climbing. Climbing? No. Not climbing. Yeah, thanks, John. Time on earth. Well, it doesn't really. This little bit. This little bit is time on earth. No, it's just a bit of, it's just a bit of plastic. It's just to signify that that's our time on earth. And 2017 is, well, it's in there somewhere for all of us. The rest of it is time. Time with God. The rest of it is the whole of eternity, which goes on and on and on and on. If I had a longer rope, had more money to buy a longer rope, it would go on and on and on forever. And we'd be left with this little bit here. And uh, I don't know, some of you younger ones are kind of like just up here. Some of us that are approaching 50 are kind of maybe halfway. We hope and pray by God's will and his grace that we're only halfway. But that's the time that we will spend here on earth. And uh, as, been, as has been shown by all these famous people that have passed away, you know, our time is limited. The psalmist wrote these words, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting is my life, that's 39. And again, the length of our days is 70 or 80 years. If we have the strength, they quickly pass and we fly away. Now, I realise for some of you younger folk, 70 or 80 seems like way, way, way in the distance, a long time away. And I can remember that when I thought that anyone over 40 was ancient... Oh, how time has caught up with me. But no longer, because it's all rather, rather relative, isn't it? For example, teenagers in love, when they're talking together in the car, an hour or two seems like a blink of an eye. But for the parents stuck inside watching their every move, it seems like an eternity is happening out there in that car. I heard of a clock as well as I was researching this that keeps track of how much time you have left to live. 
It calculates an average lifespan of 75 years for men, 80 for women. So you program your sex and your age into the clock, and from then on it will tell you how much time you've got left. It sells for around about £100, we'll say. I haven't bought one, but it's an intriguing idea, isn't it? That's what the psalmist told us to do, number our days, in fact. When I I heard about the clock, and I thought, if I live to be 75, I've got just about 10,000 days left to live. That's all, just 10,000 days. But wait a minute, wait a minute, because neither you nor I like all those stars of 2017, that was, 2016 that we've said goodbye to, neither, neither you or I have a guarantee of what's left. One more day. All we have, all we have is right now, in this present moment, in fact. Our time on earth is so valuable because it is limited. There's a wonderful story in Luke 10 where Jesus goes to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He sits down to teach and Mary's sitting at his feet, soaking in every single word that Jesus has to say. Martha is out there busy preparing dinner. And Martha, you'll know the story if you've been around church for a while, she gets really upset because Mary's not in the kitchen helping out. So she complains to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answers, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Isn't that a problem? Here's her problem. She's so preoccupied with what she's doing that she doesn't realise that God is in her living room. God is right there with her, and she's off busy doing the dishes and preparing the grape juice. And it's the same mistake that you and I make every day. Every day we forget about how close God is to us. Every day we get on with doing so much of the other stuff. We get caught up in the busyness of life and we fail to deal with the things that really matter. The things that we should prioritise. So many demands on our time. And I'm not saying that you need to give up work or stop being a parent or whatever things, you know, stop taking your kids to school. There are demands on our life. I accept that. In fact, there are just 8,760 hours in this year. And we've already used 10 of them. How are you doing so far? We want to make the most of every opportunity, don't we? We do want to make the most of 2017. So what are we to do? Well, I would suggest you prioritise. Take some time at the beginning of this year to prioritise. And from that reading, the two readings, the priorities are love God and love neighbour. It's a simple priority to have. It's very straightforward. Establish your priorities. Love God, love neighbour. And I'm assuming that because you've got up out of bed this morning, you believe that God should be a big part of your life. I'm right, right? Yes. You just have to ask yourself this morning, where does he stand in your life? You've shown how important he is because you're here with me this morning. But where does he stand in your life? Who or what is important in your life? And I'm hoping the answer is my relationship with God is the most important thing. I always go back to a couple who were praying for us as we moved into this little village in North Devon. They were praying for us to become Christians. And um, they said, they said they, 
they were married, the most important person for them, the person they loved most, was God. And I couldn't really get my head around how they could say that, that God was more important than their husband or their wife. But you know, 12 years later, and now I, I totally get that. God has to be number one. Everything then can flow out of that love of God that you have. Your relationship with God has to be your priority. And if he's at the top of your list, then he will affect the way that you do things, what you put in your diary, how you arrange your free time, what you read, what you watch on telly, your whole outlook on life. And then when Sunday comes around, neither rain nor shine nor the fact that it's the 1st of January and some people might have gone out partying last night or the fact that there might be a rugby kickoff. Do you notice how, church, I've tempered myself? I no longer, in, after a year and a half of being here, say football, I now say rugby. <laughs> Whether there's a rugby kickoff, you will say the most important thing for me is being in church. And we do church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and we do it on Wednesday as well. There's lots of opportunity for you to come and join us and join with his people and praise him for who he is. You will say that nothing will interfere with my being here in church. I've told you before, actually, as part of that village shop that Ro and I bought, church just seems so important to us that we actually shut our shop and put a notice on the door that said, we are at church. You can come and collect your papers at midday when we'll be back open again. We closed it on a portion of the Sunday morning so that we could go to church because we recognised how important it was, what an important part of life it became. And I'd hope you think that as well. And not just because the preaching is of such a high order. <laughs> and you'll need to schedule in some time to pray. You know, none of this is new to you. If you've been around for a while, you'll know all this stuff. Schedule in some time to pray and read his word. Get hold of the Bible. Get deep into the Bible. If you'd like to do devotionals, we've still got some of these knocking around. There's a month's worth left in here and the next issue will be out at the end of this month. It just gives you a little bit to, um, to read, to think about, pray about. It's very useful stuff. Put that in your diary. Prioritise your time. And the second priority then is to love your neighbour. Love your neighbour. And we always forget about this bit. As yourself. How are you getting on with loving yourself at the moment? Love your neighbour as yourself. It always seems easier to, to love somebody else, to love our neighbour, the person who lives next to us perhaps, or uh, a colleague at work. And we often forget about our neighbour being the very people that we live with. Your partner, your husband, your wife, the kids, your mum and dad, the grandparents, whatever your living situation is. So love your neighbour. Love the people in your family. Husbands, take your wives out. Go out on a date. That must have won me some brownie points with the women, right? <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> wives, spend some time doing the things that your husband loves to do. What did I say you should do, Hannah? Go home and, and tell Dave that you're going to watch Star Wars. Because <laughs> that would be a real sacrifice for you. So I'm giving marriage advice already on the first of the year. We'll be doing a marriage course as well, by the way, as an aside. Um, Ro and I will run a marriage course after Easter. So it's the HTB course that maybe has been run here before some time ago. But we'll be running it with fresh vigour because we want to invest in 
our primary relationships, our relationship with God, but our relationship as husband and wife. And we'll also be doing some parenting courses as well, so you can invest in your time with your children. Spend time with your children. They are growing up so fast. One of mine is now 15 in a few weeks' time. They are growing up so fast. Enjoy them. Spend time with them. Receive them as a blessing from God. Another year has come and gone. And a new year stretches ahead of us, full of potential, full of life. So establish your priorities. Love God and love neighbour. The hosting team are just going to come round with some post-it notes. You might want to get your phone out. Maybe we're just going to take a couple of moments. Stephen's going to play over us for a minute or two just to write down a priority for you this year. And you can put it in your phone if you want to, if that's the way that you prioritise your life. That every morning at 8.30, I'm going to sit down, grab my Bible, grab a coffee, sit in my chair and I'm going to read. Or whenever it is for you or whatever it is that's going to help you to grow in your relationship with God this year. So kids, I want you to take part in this as well. You might like to use, if you've got phones, you can get them out. Put something in your diary, an alarm that says, okay, it's midday. I said I was going to pray the Lord's Prayer. Every day at midday, I'm going to pray that prayer. Or you might want to write it on a post-it note and take it home and stick it on your fridge. As a reminder this year for your priorities, to love God, to love your neighbour as yourself. 